Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first purchase. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hello, turd burglars. That's right. Matt's gone, and now Daddy's no, back. No, I'm right t- here. Get out, Matt. That pissed me off right there that you did that. <laughs> I have taken over the intro of the Bad Christian Podcast, and I have a couple of damn things to talk about. One is, when I said turd burglars, I was speaking to females only, because you know they don't like to talk about going number two. No, they hate it. Yeah, so they they burgle. Is that it? Is it a burgle? They, that means they steal Burglars. Birds. I don't know. All right, speaking of the ladies, we have just released an ebook called The M Word, and this book is such a good read. It is true stories written by female authors about their lives and struggles with masturbation, sex addiction, and pornography. So, this book is free. We are not trying to make money off of it. What we're trying to do is bring light to a subject that is not talked about. So don't miss this opportunity. Right now, you can go to badchristian.com forward slash the M word and pick this book up for totally free. And that is what is so cool. We want people to talk more. We want people to be more open. We want people to share their stories without the guilt, without the shame, but just be real humans. Don't miss out on this. Go there now. Remember, badchristian.com forward slash the M word. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the BC Club. We sincerely appreciate it. You guys are just as much bad Christian as we are. Thank you for helping to keep this thing going, and it's only getting better. So now, here comes one of the kick-ass best podcasts you'll ever hear in your entire life. I guarantee it. Pepperoni. Yeah. Ground beef. Uh-huh. Sausage and onions and mushrooms. Here we go. Yo, you know what? Yeah, uh, 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 oh, this is the Bad Christian. <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. Matt, Toby, and Joey. Joey just asked me a minute ago, how's my day going? And I said, I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about it on the podcast. So go ahead and ask me again. Okay. Hey, Matthew, um, how is your day going? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I do. I'm um, I'm happy and I'm frustrated at some industry stuff. So we're, we're going to talk about charts here for a minute. So for one thing, on the positive side, I want to say this about charts. Uh, we fixed our – we changed the category of our podcast because we didn't have it listed correctly, and we put it in Christianity as far as what category that this podcast goes into. So I know we have So we lied. Go ahead. Yeah, so so now I look at the charts this morning and we I just did that a couple of days ago and we're number 4 in all of religion and spirituality between Joel Osteen and John Piper. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I wonder if that's what they said. Yeah, that's they? what they said. <laughs> John Piper woke up. <laughs> Holy shit, back. <laughs> Wait, so Matt, do, does that Praise mean that the Lord? Does that mean that people go to the religion and spirituality section and then from there check out podcasts? Yeah, so I think we're getting new listeners just from that. But what's hilarious about it is, like we always say, we're not a teaching podcast. I mean, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to say cuss words and laugh at each other and make fun of Bible teachers. <laughs> no, not really. But I do like John Piper, Joel Osteen. Not my favorite of Bible teachers. Tim, we're Kel- beating Joyce Meyer right yeah, now. Yeah, we're beating Joyce Meyer yes. and, Tim- and Andy Stanley. And Tim- Eat it, Joyce Meyer. Yeah. 
We're coming for you, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, do you hear us coming for you? And Tim Keller's up there, and he's great and everything. So anyway, I David think it's Platt's funny. number one, baby. So now I feel like we really need to, you know, I don't know what we need to do, but I know there's people that are inadvertently uh, finding our podcast that are going to be horrified. So just know that. All right, I want to do an ass kick list. Joyce Myers, your ass got kicked. Andy Stanley, your ass got kicked. R.C. Sproul, your ass got kicked. James McDonald, your ass got kicked. Matt, let me ask you this. Matt, it seems like it was Pastor Stephen Furtick, your ass got kicked. <laughs> that's, that's the good chart news. So do you want to hear the bad chart news, why I'm very irritated at this very moment? I have a feeling I think I know what it is, but I yes, so I do too. want to hear. I want to hear. Okay, so I'm just we're trying to get the numbers and everything for the King's Kaleidoscope and for the um, classic crime record. So we have done a ton of work on this. We sold a ton of stuff. We pre-ordered a ton of them, and you have to deal with this service called SoundScan. Nielsen SoundScan are the same people that do the TV ratings, just the the Nielsen ratings for TV shows and stuff like that. And they have a bunch of rules and a bunch of stuff. So we've been going through a bunch of work. We paid a bunch of money to become a SoundScan. Uh, listing thing that we turn in and then we turn in how many we have sold and pre-ordered and so and so and it goes into the first week numbers which are a big deal so we did all of that we did all the work and got the numbers back today and all the ones that we turned in did not count they didn't go on the list so both classic crime and king's kaleidoscope's numbers were not as high as they should have been the classic crime for instance with all of the pre-orders we did and all the uh, ones that they did for their crowdfunding which according to the rules would count 2800 for this week didn't count and so Dang. that's a real bummer so very frustrated about that so i think it's a big deal for you know that the sucks. industry people and the uh, managers agents retail outlets stuff like that so Either way, the good news is we are doing good on our podcast charts, and our bands sold a lot of records this week. They both had good first week, sold thousands of records, and the bad news is everybody won't see that that happened in the music industry. So that's it is what it is. Would that be like finding out that you graduated honors after your graduation, but for some reason they figured your GPA wrong yes. during the graduation ceremony, a, so nobody got to find out that you got Yeah, honors? that's a very, very good analogy, because then when you go back and tell all your family members or your people at your reunion, I did graduate with honors. Guess what? They made a mistake. My GPA was actually 3.8. Yes, it's just like that. But So then you sound like a loser for trying to explain to people it was higher than it was. <laughs> so... That's what we're doing right now. But one other note, I want people have asked me this a lot, and I wanted to let you know, the best place to buy the band's music so that the bands get the most money while we're talking industry stuff is to buy a CD from the band directly. So at a show, for instance, or to order online. So, yes, that would come through BC Music. But buy a CD directly from the band or digital download from the band is the best way. Yes, or send to Toby $100. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I got something I want to talk about, and this is, it's kind of been making me sick. (laughs) (laughs) And it is the amount of ointments that Joey has. Ointments. (laughs) That's what I I have to call them. Oh, my Lord. I'll call them. What kind of ointments? Listen, Matt, I naturally have dry skin, and I like having a beard. So in the winter, when I grow my beard out, I have to lather it up with. How many ointments do you own, Matt? Ointments? What would ca- classify as an ointment? Like a, you know, like a salve. Lotion. <laughs> lotion counts. Well, okay. I've, I think there's probably some suntan lotion in my closet somewhere, and if you count that, it would be one. 
Okay, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't do lotions. I don't really like them. My wife has some lotions, but not me. It just always. I don't like my hands feeling greasy or oily. I'm sitting in a meeting with Joey at church. I promise you, while we're sitting there, I think it was three different ointments he had. It was like maybe chapstick, and then it was uh, what was the other one? It was some kind of like <laughs> coconut oil is the, one of them. Yeah, there's a coconut oil, <laughs> but it's in the it's in this really weird container. Listen to with this. this <laughs> and I promise you, Matt, I you know I've had trouble. Jess and I had trouble having kids, and I had to have like semen analysis before. It looked exactly oh. like a semen analysis. <laughs> And, jo- and, and I'm talking to Joey about church stuff, and he's just r- scooping it out and rubbing it on his around his mouth. I, I promise, I gagged in my mouth. I was like, "This is the most disgusting thing!" I, and I, I started yelling, "How many ointments do you have?" That was the second ointment he put on during our meeting, and I just couldn't believe so it. So during your church meeting, you started at one point. If you would have just jumped into the frame and seen what happened, a member was yelling, "How many ointments do you have?" <laughs> No, it's just between Toby and I. It was a one-on-one. It was a one-on-one, yes. But if you'd have walked in, you would have heard that. And I just couldn't believe it. And I just, I don't know, how do you keep up with all that? How much money do you spend weekly or monthly on ointment? All right, that, that's the thing is you're you're not seeing it for what it is. First I think of all, I am. First I of all, saw it. I Priscilla it. buys from Costco or Trader Joe's, I think it is, a gigantic Bulk ointment. jug <laughs> Of coconut oil that she cooks in sometimes. She puts in our girl's hair, I think. And it Praise is really good for my face when it dries out, especially under my beard, because it can get through all of the hair to my skin. Right. That's basically all you saw me use other than a super old, pretty much used up thing of regular uh, hand lotion that oh. I just decided to put in my beard. No, nah, it looked like you had that on the reg and you use it nope. on the reg. Now, it uh, might be predictable what I'm going to say here, but... The chapsticks, the ointments, the lotions, those things, the more you use them, the more you need them. So don't use I them. Think that's you true. don't need them. You do not no, need them. Matt, Matt, listen. If you, you stop using it know. now, I know you dry out, but that's because you've used too many damn ointments thus far. So you got to wean yourself off of them, Joey. Matt, yeah. listen. Listen to yourself. Take here. the ointment and wean. You're, you're taking... <laughs> You're taking a little bit of knowledge that you have, and you're applying it to everyone. I had to go to a dermatologist as a high schooler because I was, getting, I was getting these. How scared were you? I was getting these red whelps all over my skin that was coming from dry skin. You want me to look leprous? So it's either I put lotion on my skin or I start to look like a leprous person. Like I, I seriously will get these red whelps on my skin, and it's nothing but super dry skin. I stopped that. Joey, how's your diaper rash? I don't have a diaper rash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else y'all got today? It just surpri- It does surprise me at the level and amount of ointment. I do think that that it, there's a figure that would probably be astounding to a lot of people. Your amount. Your well, you, bulk for, for purchases example, of you ointment. You ask me how much lotion I buy. I probably buy a new thing of lotion twice a year. Uh, yeah, two fifty-five gallon drums a year. I know. <laughs> no. That's, Whatever. All right, move it on. I, I mean, I really don't care. I don't have to sit here and defend. Well, then me don't keeping move it on. My skin undry. Speaking of being sick, I think I'm I am actually sick right now. Oh, I, really? Yeah. Okay, Matt. How is? Well, uh, I actually have a sore throat and a headache and sinus. And the reason why I'm bringing this up because Joey, you seem to get sick a pretty good bit. But Matt, you don't really ever get sick, do you? That much? No, I never get sick. You know, I don't really either. Honestly, now I talk about being sick and feeling weird probably seven to ten times a day. Hypochondria <laughs> is your own right. sickness. Yes, yeah, I agree. I have an extreme mental disorder. But honestly, when I get sick, I get mad. 
Yeah. Like it just feels <laughs> it feels like I'm getting robbed of of a day, and and I would say Joey probably thinks it's a blessing. What to Cause be he gets, sick? Because he, cause he just he just lays there and he goes, <laughs> oh. You know what would make me feel better if I had something cold like ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to tell my grandma that. I, I used to fake sickness, get out of school in elementary school. My grandma would come pick me up, and I would just lay on the couch, and she would let me watch cartoons or whatever. And I would go, uh, I just, I don't know. I just wish I could have something cold. She would go, you want some ice water? I was like, no, not really anything something to drink. Creamier. Yeah, maybe something kind of creamier. And she would go through a list of stuff, and then she'd say, what about a bowl of ice cream? I said, you know what? Yeah. That'd be really. I think that would make me feel good. Which you know, dairy and being sick doesn't really mix. But that, that I for sure. And now you know, by the time I ended graduated high school, I was two hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> hey, let me ask y'all this question. This is something that's, I guess, bothered me for years now. Okay, here's Joe. The rising cost of ointments. There you go. <laughs> um, but Obama, man, and an ointment. <laughs> It just bothers me a little bit, and I here's the thing: is I can argue both sides. I could probably more effectively argue the side that I would disagree with, being that I'm a pastor and been a pastor for a while. It bothers me when people freak out about number of souls saved on opening uh, opening day for a particular church, or we had a couple of nights, uh, with some teens and here's how many kids gave their hearts to Christ. Well, yeah. Joey, or, Joey, here's lo- how many baptisms. And, and one of the arguments is, well, they do it hey, in the Bible. Joey, let me, let me go ahead here and say, let, let's, why don't you just go off and say what you think about it? Don't worry about the other side of the argument. And Toby and I are going to back you up. So just go for it. Don't represent both sides and soften the blow. Tell us what you think, buddy. Well, for one, we've all seen someone that has um, given their hearts to Christ, and it was, and, and again, we can't know someone's heart, but at least on the outside, it sure does look like it was just an emotional response, an emotional moment, and uh, two weeks later, their life certainly is not changed at all. In fact, some of these people that at once accepted are now outwardly rejecting. So you have those sorts of people that we're celebrating about. Deconversions. Right, right. And so um, I think that another thing that bothers me is the sheer um, proclamation of, okay, here's all these people, but why aren't we... Why aren't we also tweeting, hey, here, uh, one person from our church actually visited, um, I don't know, an assisted living home and spent time with an elderly person because uh, they felt like it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, why why aren't we equally celebrating that? Um, Additionally, I guess the last thing or is Or if we're just reporting stuff, why wouldn't we report how many people are no longer members, how many people don't give anymore, and how many people rejected Christ outwardly? Why don't we cel- not celebrate but at least report those numbers too? If we're all, it, why wouldn't well, we? Well, I could see why you wouldn't do that. That's not something to really celebrate. Not celebrate but report just to be to tell what's going on. I don't know. For me, here, here's here's how I feel about it. I feel like... It's almost someone saying, okay, see what I've been doing? Now, I can't say that's people's hearts because I don't know people's hearts. And the people's whose hearts that I do know, a lot of them, this is not where they're coming from. But it seems like a lot of people, when I see strangers doing this, it almost feels like a, hey, all this work that I'm doing, I just want to make sure everybody knows 
it's working. Yeah. Here are the numbers, and what I'm doing has succeeded, and people need to know that. And I just don't know if there's a place for that. Well, there's I, a lot of self-justification in there, no, no doubt about it. So, I mean, is the is the remedy to this just not talking about it at all? Because I think that would be unbiblical. No, I think the remedy is to talk about it. everything. Like you said, you said this is how many people got baptized. Also, guess what? We've lost a hundred people stopped going to our church this week. There's five people that I know of that are not they claiming to not be Christians now that were once in this church. That's what I would now, say the remedy is. So how would you say to a pastor that says, whoa, whoa, wait a second, we're reporting things we're celebrating here. We're not celebrating 100 people not coming back to the church. Well, why, I mean, I'm not saying celebrate, but reporting. I'm just saying there also would be a bad report that goes out once a week. It says a bunch of bad stuff that's happening in my church this week. Why not? That would be, that would be amazing. Why wouldn't you do that? What are you afraid because, of? Because they want to say that for encouragement. Just like what you said, I think it, it's encouragement that goes out. It's not for the people who got saved. It's for the people who are like, oh, man, I go to this church, and, and you know, the, the, wow, this is awesome. This thing's really working. I, you know, the, well, the youth, they did this great thing, and eight people came to know the Lord. But the problem with that is it's just an immediate thing, and who knows if if that's actually taken, if it's true. You know what I mean? Like, All right, so are, I'm going to say Are those something. people going to be saved one year from now, yeah. too? Like, is it, Are they actually saved, or is that just a decision, and then you have a growth well, into being whether, saved? Whether it's or, true or not, the problem is that breeds what winds up being some of the contributing factors to the church being fake and Christians being fake. Is you only talk about the good stuff, you don't talk about the bad stuff. So, All right, I'm, I'm going to say go. something that's going to make me sound like the worst pastor in the history of the world. But I'm just gonna. Say hey, dude, it. don't you dare worry about that. You've you've already done that a billion yeah. times. <laughs> the the weight should be off your shoulders at this point. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, like if someone says, "Hey, so and so became a Christian," but I don't know that person's story personally, or I don't know someone who knows that person's story personally, it just doesn't do anything. Is that to similar me. to like hearing bad news about people in Africa or whatever? That it just if you hear that it's a hurricane. No, I would say it. I would say it totally different. And here, here's here's why. It's because I've seen so many times someone said, "Hey, this person gave their heart to the Lord," or "I gave my heart to the Lord," and I I, I don't think it's a, a genuine "I met Jesus." Like the insides of of my soul has been changed because. Um, what percentage know, of conversions do you think are false, Pastor Joey? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even. That doesn't. Wow, that is a good question. I I would say, ooh, that could be. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, would y'all would? It wouldn't be absurd to say half the time people don't end up actually being Christians. Now, what, I'm not talking about uh, saved in a sense of getting to heaven. I believe God's grace. It, it there, I believe that God is so awesome, and His grace and Jesus' blood cover so much that if you say, God, I believe in you, I don't think your sin can take you away. But if we're talking about strictly actions of people really buying in and being completely changed, I don't know. I mean, that's really crazy. I mean, that's to be really tough. I know a lot of people that when they were teenagers were on fire for the Lord, and they do not believe at all. I know a lot of band members oh, yeah. who were in Christian bands and do not believe hardly at all. Or would say they don't believe it outwardly, easily. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They're not hiding it or anything. I'm just saying, that's why, like, I, I mean, I don't know if just, an, that's why I don't believe, I do believe in God's, that God does everything and we don't really do that much. Because, I mean, if, if that's the case, we're going to talk ourselves out of God every single time almost. All right, so I want you guys, all right, let's say I'm being completely for real right now. 
Um, and I want y'all to tell me how you would really react to this. Hey, guys, check this out. Um, my uncle's uh, friend that he graduated with from school, he got saved. Can you believe that? My, it was my uncle's friend. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean? I don't, I don't care. No, nothing. I, I don't I, care. Yeah. Now, that, now nobody no, wants why to don't say you that. Care? Well, some people do, and they want you to care too, and maybe you even should. But I don't know how to because I don't know them. Yeah, now, but that's that's not. I mean, that's the same as I was saying. If there's a tragedy somewhere, it's not that. It's easy if somebody in your neighborhood got run over by a car to to that you would care. And if you heard somebody in the Philippines got run over by a car and died, you do not care. You just you can okay, say you do about, or you should, but you do not care. How about this one? How about this one? Toby, Bridget Carter. Just accepted the Lord last night for the first time. <laughs> first of all, I, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I know I know her too well. And then, uh, and secondly, yeah, because I know her. It's just like that article that Ryan Amick just sent us from NPR, where if you see a person and you can see like a single person, oh, this happened to them, you're way more interested in if you go, hey, let's help the hungry children. If you see a child starving, it does something to you. Or if you know them or you can have a serious interaction or a picture or a story. But if you just go, hey, let's help – you know, uh, like, like like for example, uh, you know, a hurricane hits, and everybody's like, "Oh man, it's so bad." But honestly, nobody feels that bad until they see the actual story of, "Oh my gosh, those people are floating in water that's like has sewage and disease and in, in it." And you know, like you have to have a story; otherwise, it doesn't matter because right. it just it's not in any peripheral, e- e- even in your periphery at all. Well, let me Nothing. give you all a sociological term that's out there that a lot of people know about, and you may or may not have heard this, but it's called the Dunbar number. Have you heard of it? Nope. The Dunbar number they say is about 150. It's a guy named Dunbar who said this that there's about Sounds like a cool dude. There's about 150 people is the amount of people that you can care about, and it doesn't matter how many people you know. You can meet more people or know them. There's only about 150 spots in the human brain for people to actually know and care about, and that would be based on you know sizes of communities that there would be in you know, th- through human development and or, or whatever. So whether it be a tribe or a small village a thousand years ago or 2,000 years ago, whatever it may be, you would never encounter or know or need to know or care about people more than 150 that you could meet or, or whatever. Now when you, say, when you say care about, do you mean like action-based um, well, care? Well, just, or just like no, like for everybody in your middle. care. Well, I'm just saying there's people... There's people that I went to school with that I don't talk to, so I'm not caring for them. You don't care about them, no. I mean, they're not in your life. You can only contain about 150 people. The human, uh, average human can only contain about 150 people to say they know, care about, whatever. Other than that, it's just information about other humans, which is not that useful because that's that's really all you could ever encounter and impact or whatever. So we live in a crazy age where you can hear about thousands of people or be followed by or talked to tons of people but you don't have the capacity to care for them yeah. so but we always say we do we say I, I do care about those children in africa but in a re- very real sense you do not care and you actually couldn't and i'd put it this way i heard john piper say one time if you could uh if you knew if you could see the suffering and bad stuff going on earth at any given time even for 10 seconds you would never even be able to recover from that 10 seconds you would be throwing up dying go and go mentally ill just to just to just to even view it for 10 seconds if you really saw it you you don't have the capacity to to see everybody that's being killed harmed tortured molested uh beat up devoured by animals every all the suff- uh, all the human suffering if you were able to even slightly peek into it just for a few moments you would not be able to handle it with your brain so that's that's pretty intense. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Just talking about it, it makes me sick. Well, I, I'll say the flip side of this conversation 
And uh, it's funny, I almost feel like I need to say this. There's there's nothing like when I hear a real uh, transformation story of someone who sincerely was seeking after truth and found Jesus. And I think the thing is, people want to make you feel guilty, you know, for saying you don't necessarily care or something like that. It's not that you don't necessarily care, but you just can't, like Matt said. I just think it's almost impossible. Yeah, that's why I just think it's bullshit when people are pretending to care, because I just, I know that, I know I don't, so I know they don't. <laughs> about well, uh, And you know what? About Here, anything. How, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's just bullshit. How, you don't care. You can put on a sad face and say you care, but you're just, and the Bible says you should care. Well, that's all true, but you don't really have any real empathy for it. And some people do more than others. You know what I mean? Like, I may be, I obviously have less empathy than the average person. I give you that. I'll concede that point. But <laughs> no, but nonetheless, there's only a limited capacity you really have for that. Well, and, and, and to back that up, it, that's, the, that's, the why, that's the reason why all you ever hear about is the good stuff that, oh, man, 17 people came to know the Lord at this event we had. But one year later, nobody knows where those 17 people are. Um, I know I've been talking a lot, but Toby, I'm sorry that you've been sick. Uh, but that brings up some issue that I've been meaning to talk about. I have a science lesson about cleanliness, soap, and hand washing, and things like that. Y'all ready for Hell that? yeah, Matt. Okay. I, love, I love science. Joey, do you have angst against Matt's science segment, like you, how you really act ugly when I do my news? I act ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you old ladies and little kids use ugly that way. No, I love Matt's science segment because you can tell he puts time into it before <laughs> coming to the couch to do the podcast. He didn't He didn't just shut his computer after finding his science story just a second ago. You don't know how hard it is for me to see you eat yourself to death every day. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> Astrophysics. Chemistry. Hell yeah. Nice. This is to balance out. We did some Christian talk. Now we'll do some uh, evil talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> talk about something evil. And now it's time for science lessons for Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. Okay. He My dad's a civil joke. engineer. He's smart. My dad has to know about it's, force. And it's physics. weird that your dad, he's a civil engineer, super smart dude, and his semen would be so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My brother was valedictorian of his class. What are you talking I know. About? What happened to you? Really? Your brother was valedictorian? I guess you and him are kind of like Arnold and Danny DeVito on Twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today's science segment is entitled, There's No Such Thing as Clean. So I like this, man, because yeah. I don't want to wash my hands anymore. Well, I, I will talk, talk to you about some hand-washing issues in here. So, to me, what is interesting is just how soap works. This is what okay. the idea for this segment is. I think soap is very, very cool in what it does. I think it's also overvalued, and people think of it in some funny ways. But let's just talk about how soap actually works a little bit. So soap does two things. One, it reduces the surface tension of water is how it functions. And two, it encapsulates oils and uh, can remove them from your skin. Uh, additionally, it can uh, kill bacteria. If it has and if it's antibacterial soap, but more on that later. So let's just think about cleaning. What cleaning means? We want to talk about how you get clean and what clean is a little bit. So let's imagine that you were working on your car, like Joey and his mechanic commercial, and got a little grease on him, and then he walked out of the auto shop and fell in a six feet of mud. So he's covered head to toe in mud. So he. Yeah. So now let's just say Joey wants to wipe off his. He wants to try to clean his arms and hands. 
You know what I mean? So you could take your hand or a big scraper and just scrape a bunch of mud off, and you would begin to start to become cleaner, right? Right. Okay, so now you'd be using a big, giant object to scrape off large amounts of the dirt, and so you would be, be approaching clean when you did that. So then let's right. say you took a smaller item. So let's say you grabbed some big gravel out of the driveway that was you know, cleaner gravel, and then you used that and rubbed it between your hands and scr- scrubbed it on, the, on your arms. Now you'd be even cleaner. You would use a smaller thing to do that. Now let's say you found some really small rocks, rubbed it. You would be able to rub off even more things, and then let's say you got a big handful of sand. At this point, you haven't used any water, soap, nothing like that. But you will be using that sand to rub and scour and scrub, and you would see a great amount of dirt almost to the point where you wouldn't see almost any of that mud anymore on your hands and arms, correct? Right. Okay, so smaller than sand, now we'll just bring water into the equation for the same principle because the water molecules are much smaller than sand. So do we see how this pattern goes of the smaller, that's really what cleaning is, is you take a smaller and smaller agent to get between and agitate things off of your skin. So if it was hot water, it would even be better because the, the water is hot and the, there's more molecular motion and those, those molecules are agitated, so that would be even better. Now, you would still people, your wife would still say, you are not clean, you can't help put away the dishes or cook she would say so you'd say okay how about Wait, if I, after the hot water even after, after even the after the hot water your wife would want you to use soap i would imagine correct right okay so you would use the soap now what soap does this is where we get to the chemical part of it that's that's very cool soap is made out of molecules that are hydrophobic on one end and then they have a hydrophilic I don't like to use that word here. We like anybody. Yes. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> so the hydrophobic uh, head of the molecule, tails of the molecules, uh, they repel water, and so they are attracted to other things. So they make a big round bubble, and they take small pieces of oil and things that are not water soluble, like the oil and grease, and attach their tails to that, and then their heads form a big bubble around, and they love water. So it does, it's basically emulsification is what that is called, I think. That's the thing that soap's doing, is grabbing the oils and encapsulating them with a bunch of molecules of soap, and then can be rinsed away with the water, because the outside of the molecules love the water. And so you can rinse it straight away. So that's all soap does. Oh, oh I'm sorry, and there's also the, it cuts the surface tension of water. So you know if you had some water and you put soap on it and then it becomes even thinner feeling? Like you could put soap on like a water droplet and it would spread out more? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh So that breaks the surface surface tension caused by cohesion, water cohesion there. So therefore making even those water molecules, although they're very small, H2O is a very small molecule, but they bind together, so the, the, they're in clumps, droplets or whatever, so they're very large. So the soap actually breaks that up, too, for the same reason and makes it very thin, so you get even smaller water particles to get in there and get, get other stuff off. So all cleaning is doing is removing stuff by getting smaller and smaller. It doesn't do any – there's no magic is what I'm trying to tell everybody. It doesn't become magic when you use the soap. It's just a way to get things a little bit smaller. So, so what, what does it mean when something says antibacterial? Is there any sort of neutralizing agent that kills bacteria? Good question, Joey. Antibacterial soap has an, another agent in it that's not soap itself. It's just they add another additive to it that can kill bacteria, and it can't kill all bacteria anyway. It's uh, usually uh, a, a chemical called triclosan. And so Here's what's interesting about that. That's what your wife would say is the the bacteria, the germs, the germs, the germs. That's what people are always talking about. So, for one thing, it doesn't kill all bacteria. 
Number two, you have to leave it on your hands for two minutes before it would work anyway. So if you don't lather for two minutes or let it sit there, it's not effective at killing bacteria. So washing and scrubbing actually has a better effect anyway because you can actually physically remove the germs or bacteria. Now here's the best part of all that people don't get, and that is it's antibacterial people. It's not antiviral. So the flu, Ebola, all the stuff that typically makes you sick, it's not bacteria anyway. It's viruses, which again, uh-huh. which again, you can scrub. Now it sounds good to see 99.9 antibacterial, but it doesn't mean anything. And a lot of people argue that it's bad anyway because your skin is covered with bacteria. Largely, that's good. Your skin has bacteria on it that eats sweat, for instance, and takes that away. So you are recommended to wash your hands. But when you wash your hands after you poop or pee or whatever it is, you should really think about what you're doing. And soap isn't magic. That's all I'm saying. So hot water scrubbing is more effective for its use than water with soap. If you do a bad job of lathering and scrubbing with soap, that's worse. It's less effective than simple hot water scrubbed very well. The most effective would be that. And then with soap, that increases it. That's all it does. Soap I would say is not my, wife, my wife would call you a liar right now. She says she would not believe Soap you. is not magic. What would doctors say um, before washing their hands and someone going into surgery? Doc- there's got to be some doctors that are smarter than you. No, there's not. I checked. So... There, first of all, when doctors scrub in, as they say, they call it scrubbing in because they realize that scrubbing is the most important part. And, they and the clothes scrub, they wear are called scrubs. And they scrub for three minutes, when they, or else they don't even count it as they did it. So when you wash your hands in and out and say, I got the soap on it, we're good, it kills germs. That's not true. It's not useless. It, is, it improves your chances of maybe not having a germ. But I'm just trying to demystify the fact that soap is not magic and soap doesn't kill anything. I well, think not how it works. I, I actually think TLC said it best. I don't want no scrub. Don't want no scrub. <laughs> Matt, is it helpful to keep your hands out of your mouth? Don't even worry about germs so much is what I'm telling you. First of all, the germs, half of the germs out there are not bad anyway. Most of them aren't even that bad. I, I like this because this is kind of how I am anyway. I don't ever wash my hands, and I don't ever get sick, so I don't worry about that. And I believe a lot of people will tell you, and I won't say affirmatively on this, that using all the soaps and being all worried about it and careful does, does a lot for not having you build up your natural immunity. So I would say that's why I don't get sick. But my point of all this is there is no such thing as clean. So, so Matt, why? Well, I think we, one thing we can all agree on is we've all washed our hands of the Democratic Party. <laughs> well, yep. <laughs> your body's made to run by itself. You don't need the Dang. ointments. You don't need the soaps. You don't. Told I mean, you, Joey. Uh, th- come those, on. Listen. That, that's like saying you don't ever need jo- any. Joey, you don't need the ointments, buddy. I'm talking in general terms. I'm saying those things are not magic. They could. They can be useful for particular things. I understand that. You just that, don't get it, do you? But I'm saying they're not magic, and there's no such thing as clean, and that is science for Christians. Wow. Man. There is no such thing as That clean. was an intense, uh, long science. I, I, I kind of went in and out there a little bit. I was trying to stay there. Uh, <laughs> now, whoa, one thing whoa, that whoa, does, whoa. Are you taking on Joey's role as, as I do with the news on you, that science? No, segment? Joey has all the roles in the world. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, something... Along those lines, too, I'd kind of believe you. Like, I read an article the other day because you know I'm freaked out about Alzheimer's and stuff like that and dementia. And they say the aluminum. Did you say dementia? Dementia. And they say that aluminum is super huge with that. And that's like a main ingredient, like in antiperspirant. Yeah, antiperspirant. Uh, uh, right? 
aluminum, which is essentially metal to clog up the pores so that they don't secrete. Oh, that freaks me out, So they man. don't secrete sweat so that you don't stink of natural bacteria. So, so, so there's, give me a break I mean, on like, that. Like, seriously, we might be more concerned that we smell a little funky, but it will destroy our brain. Yeah, so plug up those holes where you have natural bacteria with metal. That's a good idea. That way you won't secrete yeah. your natural oils and sweat and bacteria. Speaking of plugging holes in metal, our sponsor today is... <laughs> <laughs> X3 Watch, my friends. X3 Watch. What's it, that? It, well, well let me just say, if you are married or you have a girlfriend or you're single, male or female, and you can't convince yourself to stop looking at things that are plugged up with metal <laughs> on the internet, where do you turn? Joey, what, what do you do? Well, you know what? I turn um, to pizza first and foremost. Because pizza is always just a, a great thing that encourages me. But if I don't have any pizza in the house or if Domino's is closed, yep. I have X3 Watch. So what you're saying is you can't trust yourself. You need an X3 Watch for a Domino's. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, you cannot trust yourself when you're alone. I can't, that, man. You might want to see Domino's something that in the daylight or around a group you wouldn't want to see. So Craig Gross rolled out uh, a software, oh, you know, over a decade ago, and you can go to x3watch.com, and if you go for backslash, or is it forward slash? <laughs> forward slash. It's forward backsplash. <laughs> <laughs> forward slash bad Christian, and you can get the premium subscription of this software for half off uh, by just using our name. Uh, there's power in the name of bad Christian. Um, so here's how it works. If Toby, which he's the one that struggles, uh, with looking at porn the most out of me, Matt and Toby, if he has the software, it's not true jazz. <laughs> if he has the software on his computer and he goes to a site, if he has the premium package, he's not even going to be able to get on the site. He's not even going to be tempted because hell yeah, he won't be able to see boobies because he went on there and it blocked it. Now, me and Matt, though, we will know that Toby tried to see boobies. Yep. And we'll be able to contact him and say, Toby, why did you try to see boobies? Now, that's cool. That's a cool piece of software right there. That's a cool piece of software. And so. I just don't know why anybody wouldn't have it. If you at all are well, tempted if, to look at porn if, or anything <laughs> like that, you should just go ahead and get this. Don't take a chance. Don't fool around with this shit. It'll get you. <laughs> You need this on your computer. It's awesome. This organization is a great organization that does care about a ton of things like sex trafficking, helping people get out of pornography, and all the detrimental effects that happen to people in pornography. These people care. So support them. It is great software. Don't miss an opportunity right now. Make sure you get X3 Watch. All right, folks. So you heard it here. X3Watch.com forward slash bad Christian. All right, well, we are about to join Tadashi. He is a hip-hop star, label mates with Lecrae, just came out with an album called Below Paradise here in 2014. Very awesome story, and we're looking forward to talking to him. That's great. Joe, you're a fan of his, huh? Big listener. Yeah, yeah, I actually am. Uh, I have his last two, latest two albums. If you're such like a big a fan, just say like one of his, you know, a, a line from one of his rap songs right now. Yeah. If you're, you're such a huge fan, just say one of his yeah, rap tell lines. Us some of his songs. Yeah, just just one, just a short line. Go ahead. You want me to just say it? Just rap it. You rap it. I'm not gonna rap it. I'm white. Just say it, then. <laughs> just say it. It's making my uh, palms sweat. I'm feeling a little nervous. Just say the line. You're just saying it like a sentence. Okay. Go ahead. Well, let me 
You want me to do it for memorization? Yeah. yeah you're, you're you you said you're a huge fan. You're really excited to see him. Just go ahead. What's one of his, you know, I mean, you know all his songs. Go ahead. I didn't say I know all of his No, songs. you're one of his biggest fans. Go ahead. This is real life. We got real problems where folks cheat on their real wives. Is that really a lyric from one of his raps? Yeah. Yeah, you made it sound stupid, man. <laughs> but, but I you, messed I mean, it all you up. You really, I mean, it's embarrassing to him what you yeah, just you did. Yeah, you just embarrassed him. You shamed Tadashi on our podcast. Wow. I mean, I, everybody was really excited now that you kind of give them a clue. Like if somebody hasn't ever heard of Tadashi, they think his biggest fan just said his lyrics, and they think, oh, my gosh, Tadashi is not a good So rapper. let me ask you this, Toby. What, what's the point of this? Because you're just making this podcast look bad. You're part no, of this podcast. No, you have made... Your favorite rapper looked terrible. <laughs> no, but you caused it. And you, no, 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 I podcast. didn't cause it. You said you're a huge fan. I would just I, all I wanted to do is hear a lyric from one of his hugest fans, like to kind of pump myself up. And you ruined it. Yeah, you you destroyed it. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't guys, think he's coming on. Please don't. I don't know if he's coming on. <laughs> Y'all, please don't hold that hold that line against Tadashi. We'll we'll get into it with him. You can check out his music. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be in the conversation with him. Matt, do you realize that it's Movember? Yeah, I do, because everybody's got his scraggly hair. But here's what I don't understand about it is your beard is extremely big and long. So you must have started early. <laughs> I started a little bit earlier than everybody else. I've actually been going on a marathon one year Movember. So you started last November. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. My beard is huge. Why didn't you save last year when the November ended? Because I could not find a good razor. And I was like, forget it. Razors that you go to the store and buy are so expensive. Yeah, I terrible. don't want to spend my time doing that, and it feels so silly to spend sometimes $30, $50 for razors that aren't going to last that long. It's a joke, and it's just this flimsy plastic piece of junk that I'm just so frustrated with, so I've just been growing my beard. Now, here's the thing. I still need a razor for my neck hair. It itches, it's uncomfortable, and my neck is super sensitive. So I've been looking for a very good razor, well, what happened? but I want to save money. Well, actually, we have a sponsor now called Harry's.com, uh -huh. and they sent us their razor package. Yeah, they, they sent, sent me some, too. Yeah. I and love it. I, and I just want to tell you, I love it so much. So they sent you a whole pack with yes. shave gel yep. and all the blades like they and, sent me. And honestly, I was very skeptical because, I, I mean, I know it sounds so wussy. I have a very sensitive neck. Like, when I shave with a cheap razor, my neck gets irritated, it gets red, it gets raw, and it's uncomfortable for days and they sent me this razor i tried it out i could not be happier such a smooth shave i love their shaving gel they also have shaving cream but their shaving gel just works so good for me i lather up shave my neck everything is so so, smooth, so nice zero irritation i mean it's unbelievable i don't know how do they do it well i think one of the reasons that they sent me the same pack and i did some reading on harry's and they sent us some info these guys it was started by two guys that just wanted to do, they wanted to cut out the middleman and make a good shave thing, so they went and bought a factory in Germany that made really good blades. And so they were able to cut out the middleman, and they just ship straight directly to you. And here's what's really cool. They pay for the shipping. They pay for the shipping. Yeah, you don't even have to worry about that. So shipping's included? Yes, it is. All right, well, I didn't know that, but that's really good. That's, yeah. That makes it, that's the best thing it, possible. It, the price is unbeatable. The shave is unbeatable. This is the best deal you can find, so it's simple. Just go to harrys.com now, and Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in our code BCPOD with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter their coupon code BCPOD. That's B-C-P-O-D. 
at checkout for $5 off. It can't get any cheaper. It's unbelievable. I don't know how they make any money. This will change the way you shave forever. Toby, what in the hell happened to your iPhone screen? It's broken. There's glass everywhere, and that has to be a (laughs) health hazard to you and your family. There's not glass everywhere. There's just glass probably 50% everywhere. (laughs) So I wanted to enjoy a nice beverage, smoke a cigar on my back porch. I am enjoying my my alone time. Go to pick up my phone out of my pocket, and these phones, these iPhones are just so slick, so smooth, slipped right out of my hand, cracked. Oh, no. And so for the last few months, I've just been dealing with pieces. Yes. Why would you go on like that for months? My contract's not up, and I'm just trying to wait it out, man, basically. So you have months to go still before you can get a new iPhone? It's and getting closer and closer, but, yeah, I have some time to go for sure. Well, that that's crazy. I wish you had told me that before because there's a company called Apple Crossing where you can get refurbished iPhones, iPads, and iPods that are backed by an industry-leading 60-day warranty for extremely good prices like it competitive with what you'd find on craigslist only he's a, a reliable trusted source and he backs it up with a 60-day guarantee so you're telling me that i can get a newer iphone right now well, you and can get, get what do you have a five or yeah what you, i have a five so yeah you can get a five five s he has tons of those wow and so, so i don't have to wait anymore no, and here's here's the good part about it is you can just buy it from him. He backs it by the warranty, and then when it is time to upgrade, you can just resell yours to somebody else or sell yours on Craigslist, and then you'll be in good shape. So the, there's no reason for you to have to suffer through a broken iPhone screen in the meantime. Well, the only thing I have to ask left is why in the world wouldn't you tell me this sooner? I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. Thanks for being a terrible friend. AppleCrossing.com sounds like the best possible plan I could have ever have gone with. Need a new iPhone, but you're not eligible for an upgrade yet? Have you cracked your iPhone or iPad but can't afford a new one? Well, do we have some good news for you. AppleCrossing.com offers new, used, and refurbished iPhones, iPads, iPods, and accessories backed by an industry-leading 60-day warranty. Go to their website right now to view their complete inventory and unbeatable pricing. Once again, that's AppleCrossing.com. A-P-P-L-E-C-R-O-S-S-I-N-G.com. AppleCrossing.com. Go there now. Get your new iPhone. Stop playing the waiting game. Hello. Hello there. Dadashi, how's it going, buddy? Doing well. Thank you. What's your day been like today? Are you doing a bunch of interviews and stuff? Um, I've had a few interviews, and then on top of that, um, a sick kid, and on top of that, just a lot of meetings. So it's been a busy day. Do you like doing press and interviews and podcasts, stuff like that? I do. Um, You don't have to say you do if you don't. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. I I mean, I, I do because of the... In interaction with different people throughout the day, it kind of breaks the monotony of the norm. So, but don't you get a lot of bad questions and poor interviewers and stuff like that? I get the same questions. I don't what? know if that's good or bad. Though. <laughs> yeah. What are the bad what? ones or the ones you get all the time? Um, your name. What is it? Yeah. Name? <laughs> yeah <I know> that. <laughs> um, and then people tend to have that one random question that that doesn't fit, like. Um, do you eat cereal? If so, what kind? Exactly. So, Joey, can that be a lesson to you? That's exactly Whatever. what we're always Whatever. saying. Toby and I play in a band called Emory, and we tour around okay. a lot and have a bunch of records nice. out and been doing press for 10 years. And yeah. we always complain because the interviews are exactly as boxers or briefs. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, what, what are your influences? And then, Joey, now that we've gotten into podcasting, I'll typically ask some of those same questions as, exactly. a, as a novice. So. I never understood that. Like, every person in the world that ever has interviewed somebody goes, 
Where'd you get your name? It's <laughs> like, come on, man. You can Google you can Google that and it's there one million times. Every person before you has asked that. So 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 Tadasha, let me tell you this. Like uh I'm huge, huge, huge hip hop fan. I would say Toby, uh, he could take it or leave it, but he gets into it a little bit. Matt maybe recently kind of got into Kid Cudi and, and that sort of thing, but I absolutely love love your your latest album and just just the uh, transparency and and just here's where uh, we were talking about this just a little bit early. I'm gonna sound like a music snob and I hate this, but like there's and and you obviously don't have to to chime in because it would probably make you look bad. But I don't like a lot of Christian rap. Like my my favorites are I would say you Lecrae Theory has it and you know a lot of the underground stuff, but a lot of that stuff. Honestly, you listen to one and it just kind of sounds like a lot of the other people. But the, your latest album, I mean, it's just it's massive. It's it's Thank awesome. You, I mean, it, it, now personally, uh oh, I'm gonna ask a question that Toby <laughs> and Matt are gonna jump on before. Like, it, is it is it your favorite? Like, are you the most proud of this one? Or it's my, I, it's the album I'm most proud of. I don't know yeah. if it's my favorite, um, but just with the content and everything that it took to do it. Um, I do walk away with a sense of, of accomplishment going, man, I, I can't believe I got through that. Um, everybody at the label, like Lecrae and other guys, they're like, man, this is a miracle album. Cause we, yeah. we saw what you were dealing with as you were doing it. And we don't know how it happened. We just, we just know God was involved. So, yeah, I, I, I want to just, I want to jump into that. Like, uh, I remember, I don't know if it was theory has it or Lecrae or, or who it was, that tweeted um, when when I read it and it and it said you know lift Tadashi up in prayer his son just passed away and the three of us uh, uh, Matt Toby and I we're all fathers and I think that if you haven't gone through that our minds can't even comprehend it and honestly I'm getting choked up even thinking about it like I can't I can't even put my mind there when I listen to uh, your song uh, Chase uh, it literally and i'm not exaggerating it breaks me down every single time i mean like how you don't get over something like that i mean uh, can you walk us through kind of like i mean it's been uh what like a year and a half now right like a year and a half now yeah um well that phrase i think is the first one that i tried to share with most people like you know that that's not something you get over um and i think i think the the typical response to um pain and suffering as a person who um, is not necessarily going through it, but you want to befriend or care for someone who is, yeah. uh, the typical response is to kind of get them over it or move them beyond it or try to help them see the the good and bad of life and, and help them walk in kind of both worlds just to kind of ease the pain. Um, but but the reality for me was whenever someone did that, it felt as if in a, in a either knowingly or unknowing selfish way, they were trying to avoid the the awkwardness of what I felt. And so um, doing the song Chase was my moment to say, um, here is everything I've ever felt um, as a father, as, as a, a person who only had a, a certain amount of time with my son on earth. And so this is for the world to see. And I want to I want to sit in it. And I hope that People who listen to this will sit in it with me right. um, enough to to experience the awkwardness, but move beyond that to, to I don't know, empathy or sympathy, concern um, or, or anything that the Lord would do beyond 
the the general response, which is to say, "Hey, it's going to be okay," or "Hey, well, you know what? It it it'll 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 pass." And I think it's our means to just not necessarily engage or go there when it comes to grief or or pain. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting about this this record and just uh, I, now now even hearing a little bit more of your story though is I, I grew up with like you know like liking gangster rap. You know okay. what I mean? Like, like okay. that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little older and grew up with that stuff. And so all the rap lyrics that I grew up with, and, and honestly, most of the stuff I've ever heard was always, I, I don't know if I would call it tough guy or, uh, you know, it was all about, you know, uh, get the girls, get the money, guns and stuff like that. So right. what I have seen is a transition in rap that is way more open, way more transparent. Is that, is that scary for you to write like that? Like to be so open and not as tough, but to be vulnerable, especially in the Christian market too. Right, right. Um, it, there was definitely a part of me that's wired to do this, just being how I am. I always kind of share what I feel in the moment. And so doing it musically felt good from a normal, this is who I am standpoint. But I began to think about it after doing a few songs. I, I'm going to, this is the album I'll be touring. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I have to share this publicly every city I go to. And in, in some sort of way, relive it because I'm I'm retelling the story as I do it. And so that got hard. And then you couple that with my, my when, when you said, especially in the Christian market, my only um, negative experience as far as that goes has been, um, and I don't even know if I would say negative because I think people are trying to be loving, but they want me to say what I feel, but also come back with or backdoor that with, but Jesus is awesome exactly. and good guys. Like yeah, don't, exactly. don't, oh, I, the fear is that I'm painting Jesus in a horrible light as I share the truth of what right. I've experienced. And so it's been a good balance for me, but a wrestle still with certain places to try to give them the reality dose of, Hey, um, that was the worst day of my life. And to say that they didn't exist or to somehow smooth it over with this, with this Jesus blanket of everything's good, though, I think gives people a false perception of of, uh, of the reality of this world. To- totally, man. Right I think I think people always want to hear the testimony, but they don't want to hear it while it's happening. You know, right, what I mean? right. like yeah. if you're if you're going through something like that. But 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 also, was it was it ever like a little tempting just to just to not go as deep and just say lyrics that other people are doing? Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Because that's easy, right? That would be pretty. That'd be way easier. Super easy. The, I did four songs. Um, and, and I just was like, hey, man, I'm feeling hurt, but I'm going to make music that I know people like hearing. And, uh, man, four songs in, I stopped and I told the label, I, I got to redo this. This isn't this is not where I am. And right. this yeah. is not, it's not the type of artist I am. I can't just pretend that this is what I feel. So That's so awesome. I think you're about our age. Did you grow up with gangster rap and, you know, Dr. Man, Dre and that kind of stuff? I grew up idolizing everything that was gangster rap, everything that was West Coast music. Yep. And I, I, I grew up listening to some... Uh, uh, well, let me say it a different way. I didn't grow up listening to it. My mom was super strict. She wasn't a believer, but in her world, hip hop meant um, a, a jail, drug, thug lifestyle. Right. So um, she tried to keep me away from that. My mom was a teacher. So in her world, education was everything. So I couldn't necessarily listen to to all the hip hop, but she she appreciated the conscious rap that was out at one point. And what were some of those guys? Like, are you talking about like Tribe Called Twist? Exactly, like a tribe or yeah. a common or somebody that had a social issue. Like, you know, she only heard Public Enemies um, fight the power. <laughs> so she was, like, she was like, that's all right. You can listen to that. But she didn't hear all the other right, stuff yeah. we talked about. Right. Um, but but I, 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 I would sneak and listen to other stuff. And so I was a huge fan of 
um, uh, some East Coast rap, but a lot of West Coast rap. And then eventually Houston started to have its own rap scene with the Ghetto Boys and um, other guys people never heard of, like Fifth War Boys or Gangsta Nip or eventually UGK. And so I got caught up in this. I got literally swept up in this wave of hip hop. And um, man, I just became a huge fan of it. Did you get to see live concerts and stuff in when you're a teenager or in your twenties and stuff like that? Not at all, bro. We was broke. I I would uh, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I I got a job working. I sold cars um, my sophomore year in college because I thought I was a good salesman. And I got to go to the car show in Houston, and that's my first concert that I got to see. I saw um, I saw LL, I saw No Limit, and you know when they were when they were popping, I saw. Um, I saw a ton of different um, local acts, and and it just kind of made me go, "This is the world I want to be in." That's great. So the 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 scene of a rap concert is is a wild thing. It's really different from the punk and and rock shows and stuff. And I've only right. seen a very limited one, but there's so much about it that's high energy and fun and stuff like that. But what is it what is it like when you have to do that in a Christian context? How does that compare to the club scene? So I think I think a part of it that's comparable is. In both environments, people are are relating to the subject and celebrating um, what they both agree to. And so I think like when I was in the club and and somebody would get on stage and rhyme, I'm 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 identifying with what they're talking about, whether it's uh, getting the girl or um, looking for the next high or trying to feel free or whatever. And then similar to that, from a Christian standpoint, everybody tends to to really rally behind and and relate to this idea of living an unashamed lifestyle for the lord um a life of of where we go man i'm bold for jesus but i'm also dependent on him and and i think that's kind of something similar but the the the, the key difference to me is um at the end of the day i i have yet to have a, a real fight breakout at my concert uh-huh yeah uh, <laughs> i haven't seen it. i haven't seen it yet i somebody got stabbed at one of our concerts <laughs> you don't call that a fight Hey, do you do you uh, think that? Uh, can I say one thing? It's, it, that is interesting, man. I'm glad you brought that up because we actually our band played downstairs in Detroit, and upstairs was a rapper I had not heard of. It was ASAP Ferg. ASAP Ferg. Oh yeah, ASAP Ferg. Yeah, yeah. So he played, and honestly, I thought the crowd was so awesome because they knew every word, every, everybody was saying every single word. And honestly, I know everybody was drinking and partying, but it was so fun. Like there was like no there. It, honestly, it wasn't even really any judgment or anything. And I'm, I'm sure maybe some stuff happened, but uh, like it was I fun. thought, wow, that vibe was just amazing. I like I just played a show and usually worn out, but I just got the juice, and I was just like, man, this is this is really cool. So yeah, I yeah. do I do love that feel. That, that's interesting that it, it could be like that too, though. And it, you know, switching over to the Christian market too, people's perception of what that would be. But yeah, anyway, now, right. now would you enjoy a, play? Would you play a show with ASAP first? Man, I would do that in a heartbeat. Would bro. you enjoy going to his show, even though, it, like we said, it was very dirty and and yeah. you know party? I mean, you would enjoy going to that concert. I I would because I I I don't know if I'm. I've only heard a few of his songs, but but I I love the fact that um the crew that he's a part of just kind of to me they have elements of of what hip hop of of hip hop's beginnings where it's like um ruddy, really rugged, but but school kid type. Um, artists who are trying to find their identity, but in the process of doing so, they're just sharing what's going on around them. And I think, I think that's kind of where they were um, when they first started. You know, like at some point, all the mainstream artists who are huge went to the formulaic um, drug or car or woman 
format. But these guys are, you know, they maybe they mention drugs, but it's in the process of um, I don't know my daddy. My mom hates me. I don't right. like school. I wish school was this and this girl at school I like. So I go to school for her. And so there's a difference and where they're coming from. I'd love to see that dude in the concert. Do you think that you and Lecrae are kind of uh, on on the forefront of making, um, you know, and I, 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 sh- I kind of avoid saying stuff like Christian rap and Christian metal and all that stuff, but making go- gospel-centered hip-hop more applicable to to just mainstream listeners like that that's what i'm hearing from your latest stuff and lecrae's uh latest stuff it's it's a different message like i saw where a guy from the roots tweeted wow it was great uh you know having lecrae you know on the tonight show someone who's rapping about something differently or different i don't necessarily think that people would have jumped on lecrae if it would have been lecrae's first album that was just for a christian audience are y'all leading something different I think so, um, but I wouldn't necessarily call it. Um, I, like, here's the goal for me, I, I, and and maybe because you're involved in it, you don't think of it as much. Right. I don't necessarily look at it and go, "How can I lead in these yeah, areas?" Yeah, I, I definitely want to be. I definitely want to be a forerunner. So maybe that that could be labeled such. But uh, for me, I'm more so saying I want music to be palatable, but I also want it to be. Um, I also want it to be done in a way that doesn't rob me of my opportunities because I definitely as a believer have personal goals and, and ideas of what the gospel wants um, commands for my life but musically artistically uh, I want to create something so good even if you disagree you can't look away yeah you can't you can't say this isn't something uh, quality and I think that's kind of what we've been trying to go for uh, something we were kind of talking about before, and Joey kind of mentioned a little bit about your testimony and, and how I think maybe you, at some point in your life you were using foul language and then through that ended up. Now, you, uh, you probably don't know much about our podcast, but we use a lot of foul language. <laughs> or a medium <laughs> amount, at least. Uh, at, least, at least a medium <laughs> amount. So that, that idea, how, how is that like, so I'm assuming maybe you don't use it, you know, obviously uh, I don't think you use it in your rap or anything like that. Is that is that something that you just choose not to do? Do you think it's wrong or would, would you ever incorporate a, a curse word to get a point across? Right. Um, I think for where I am, I wouldn't. And I think it's more so just based on what I, I consider to be wise for the audience we have, um, the people who follow consistently. Um, I definitely have grown to to see language as cultural, um, as more so than um, like the, the brother who shared the gospel with me almost made it sound like using certain words blocked my salvation. And so <laughs> I go, I go, uh, I wouldn't say that anymore as much as I would when I first got saved. Right. But, but there's a, there's a, a, a way in which I think I would share it or a way in which I would communicate, uh, as an artist that, that would distract or maybe even, um, belittle what I really want to be, what I really want to be heard. So, yeah. Do you, um, do you, are you familiar with Serene Poems and Ken Star and all the mellow music guys, Odyssey and uh, I've heard of Odyssey and, and I've heard of, uh, Mellow music, but I don't know Serene poems. Yeah, well, he used to be Sherlock poems from okay. from L.A. Symphony. A big yeah, yeah, yeah. Cri- now, would you jump at opportunities that, uh, like, if if a total mainstream rapper said, "Hey, Tadashi, would you uh, do this song with me, or will you be on my album and stuff?" I mean, would that be something you have to think through as a Christian, or you'd be like, "Hell yeah, I'll do that." 
I would like to think through it more so from an artist standpoint than, yeah. than you know, necessarily saying Christian standpoint. Like, I'm cool with rock. Like, I, I'm telling you, bro, if, if, if I, like, one of my favorite, if he might be my top dude right now, but if Andre 3000 called me and was like, hey, need you to feature on this, I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm out, I'm out the house today. I'm leaving right. now. I'm, I'm going to do this. He now. needs you to guest on it. The, <laughs> the song is entitled Strip Club Babes. <laughs> and you get the third you get the third verse the flight leaves tomorrow the flight leaves tomorrow yeah. so yeah i would definitely think about it from a i would consider any feature and that's even for the for the guys who are christians mm-hmm. uh from an artist standpoint um, who's who's a couple yeah who's a couple more of your favorites as far as just artists in general yep uh man andre 3000 to me is a legend i'm a fan uh, just being Houston, um, I definitely think Bum B got skills. I mean, yeah. I, he he's definitely switched styles up a few times, but I'm I'm a fan. Um, I think honestly, I think um, Kanye is a genius, even though he's seen as crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just think he's uh, because he's he's an innovator. I right. think there's the I think music has room for creativity, but he kind of broke the mold when it came to innovation. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and so I'm a fan in that regard. Um, but honestly, like I, and I don't say this just because they're my friends, anything like that. But I, like Cray to me is 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 killing his. He's bars one of right the best, now. man. He's killing his bars right now, yeah. and I, I don't think, um, you know, for, from a Christian perspective, I'd be a fool to think God wasn't making room for what He was doing. Right. Um, but but at the same time, He stewarded well what He's been given. So He's He's at home working on his bars, and right. He's rewriting a song if it don't make sense. And so I think we've all kind of taken that model of saying. I want quality and I want the best I can I can create. Absolutely, so, yeah. I could, this new Triple E is sounding good too, huh? Yeah, bro. I mean, when I heard Triple E's album and heard Manolo, yeah, I, I was blown away. I was yeah. like, okay, Trip, this is this is different. <laughs> okay, Pastor, all right, right, Pastor, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I agree awesome. with you about quality being the important thing. I think that's the same thing that's missed incredibly in Christianity. When when you yeah. tie Christianity to the arts, here's what we do a lot of times is we make room for worse or shitty art to be out put out there just because it, it gets, well, I'm a Christian this or that. And so people right. automatically take it or accept it or like it or share it because it's safe without it necessarily having to be uh, what I would say is capitalistically supply and demand as good as the other stuff out there. And that's a mistake. Right. So, so what I was sharing with a friend yesterday, we were at a coffee shop talking and um, where I was, I, I was basically trying to, um, gain an understanding of what he thought as far as art goes, because he's a believer, um, he's a painter, he's a photographer, and and he's complaining about certain things as far as art goes in the church. Um, and I was I, based on my limited knowledge of everything, um, I've found that for most people um, in the church, we who don't have a knowledge of tend to copy, um, and 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 instead of being an original. And I think at some point, every person in mainstream who copied um, ended up maybe having a moment, but they're not, there's no longevity to it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and I think what, where the church is concerned, um, the places where we copy um, from an educational standpoint, I'm okay with that. But to, to bring some sort of lasting quality and, and volume to what we do as artists, I think what we've done is kind of perverted it at the end of the day. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'll go one step further and say, not just art, but I believe that the church itself, as far as church organizations, local churches and stuff like mm-hmm. that, are guilty mm-hmm. of the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, most churches, when they, they want to do something, either they, they say they want to be different or new mm-hmm. or something, but they're mm-hmm. just changing 
1% or 5% of what the church right. down the street or they came from. I think Christians should be free to innovate in everything, art, church, everything. Like, what, right. what if there's a church idea for how to do church that's not even ever been thought of or it's 50% right. different? I think right. it's out there, and I don't think anybody anybody does it. Well, I think, too, that that's the difference between the church world and the secular or outside world of the church. In the outside world, if you do something different, people at least want to experience, and then they'll decide if it sucks or if it's good. In the Christian world, they just want you to be a certain way, fit in the box, that's safe, and you're not doing anything crazy. That's probably like even maybe some of the stuff you've experienced being a little bit more open and transparent with your leaders. People are like, wait, you're supposed to be this, right? Right. Hold hold on. And and, and when you really are innovative and creative and and trying to go out there and and you know, challenge yourself and your listeners. I think people get scared because they're like, "Oh, well, I have to work to listen to this." Maybe, and it's not just spoon fed to me. And right. People get scared about that, man, for sure. So I did a uh, I did a song on on Below Paradise called "Catch Me If You Can." Oh, yeah. um, I do Andy sang on the hook, and that entire song was written at a moment where I was like, "Okay, God, I don't know what else to do." Like I've prayed for a week, and I'm sad, and I'm angry. Um, and, and I really feel like some of these other options that, that people are offering me as far as, um, just kind of being more rebellious or being more, um, in engaging to my own ideas of, of what, what may comfort me. Um, I think I might want to pursue those. And if I do, then you got to come get me. I need you to catch me. I need you to come after me and make, make sense of this. And so, People have come to me and said, that song, why would you put that on there? Like, that makes it sound like God wasn't enough. And I was like, <laughs> for that moment, I, I didn't see him as enough. Right. That doesn't necessarily disqualify him from being enough. I'm just saying where I was, it didn't make sense. And so... Um, How dare you be honest, man? Exactly. And How that dare re- you? But that reality, uh, as, as much flack as I've gotten from people online, people at concerts, there's been another entire group of people who've come up. Man, I've had strangers... But I've never met come up and go, hey, um, my son has a brain tumor and he's seven. Thank you for being honest. And yeah. I just go, what? Wait a minute, what? Yeah. You know, and they they stop and hug me. They cry like this. This grandmother and mom cried because their son had somebody who could who could relate. And I just was blown away. So oh, that's awesome. So you grew up in Houston and you said you were poor. Were you in like the hood or poverty or what was the what was the situation? So, so we grew up, we lived um, the north side of Houston. There's an area called Cashmere Gardens. We lived in Cashmere Gardens. My mom and I and my little sister ended up in, in, in East Texas. So we moved probably an hour away. And uh, she was a teacher. So she got a job at a school out there um, in Huntsville. And we just, that's where we grew up. And then I eventually moved back to Houston to that same area. Uh, and, and then uh, went to Baylor and then played ball and got hurt and then went back to Houston again, but moved to a better area. That's great. Nice. So I guess you're a huge Baylor fan. Are you a Robert Griffin oh, yes. fan too? Yes, brother. I, you know, you don't, you don't publicize it, you know, through the early two thousands though. You kind of, you kind of sat quietly, <laughs> you kind of sat quietly and watched the score happen. Cause they didn't even televise the game. So you just got to <laughs> watch the score scroll across the screen. But then eventually uh, RG three showed up and it just kind of changed the foundation of what we do. Yeah, you guys are good this year too. Now, is is, ba- is Baylor like a Christian university? Is it kind of strict, or is it is it just a cool? It is. It's a it's a Baptist school. Um, so early, like mid nineties, late nineties, Baylor was super. Or, no, I'm sorry, early nineties, Baylor was super strict. Like they would give tickets for dancing on campus. Um, <laughs> it was it was pretty it's like bad, Footloose. Man. Exactly, <laughs> bro. Exactly. It was pretty bad, man. But um, um, the president in the nineties came in, um, college president, and he. Uh, allowed dancing on campus he was actually the first one to dance he did the waltz 
of all things. But now, bro, it's a totally different, <laughs> it's a totally yeah. different atmosphere. <laughs> I mean, it is it is entirely different. So that, did you did you? Isn't that uh, all probably because of RG three? Is that all because of him? Like that's awesome. If so, like if he could change a school demeanor that much, he changed. What he did was change the. Uh, he brought attention to the school. And, yeah. and when when people look, people tend to do more. If that just makes sense. I yeah, for if, sure. Like yeah. you know, when, when more eyes are on you, you care about it a little more, and you want to keep the attention. So yeah. Well, one one question I had just being a singer, I, it is interesting to me. Like how when you think of writing lyrics, do you think of it as like a song, a melody, or do you think of it as like just rhythm? Or when when you're writing your songs and stuff like that, because I we our music's pretty heavy and we do a lot of screaming as well, which yeah. doesn't re- rely on hitting a right note, but it does. It is very. Uh, tough sometimes to come up with that exact rhythm to get you know to make the words fit or whatever what, what are you thinking of when you're writing your your stuff i'm thinking of um i am thinking of rhythm i'm thinking of cadence i'm thinking of rhythm i'm thinking of uh melody every now and again and then um the, for this last album the content was huge for me so i i honestly thought of uh content more than i usually would too that's an interesting that's cool. parallel toby you're saying that t- that screaming since it's not a pitch thing is similar could have some parallels to to <laughs> rapping, right? Well, no, because no, no. it's not Here, singing. Because when you're singing, you think I'm singing this note. Okay, well, no, 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 let, let me clarify that. Let me, yeah, let me clarify that. Here's what I actually think. Hey, didn't I'm, Nelly change all that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on now, come on now. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, I actually believe too. There's a tone to rappers' voices. Like, I, like, like, for example, I know this, man, this makes me seem so white and stupid, but <laughs> the first time I heard nothing but a G thing and I heard Snoop rap, I couldn't believe it. I thought it sounded, I mean, I know it sounds really dumb, but it sounded so silky and it just sounded awesome. I just loved how relaxed and everything it was. And, and so now th- what I do, you know, when I try to, I actually do scream in some of our lyrics and yeah. I do try to have a tone or a style and, and it's almost like a, a, Pitch, I would hit or something like that. So I was wondering if you think of it that way too. Like your voice, like it, it like your rap voice is maybe different than just talking voice. Is that is, is it that closer the case to talking not? than singing? It is closer to talking to than singing in certain moments. But then again, you go another way and it's closer to singing. Like Snoop on a nothing but a G thing. Like like it was straight up like closer to singing. I mean, he was looking for a melody, and then I I think Silky is. Not an adjective I want to use, but I'll I'll pick a different one. <laughs> like, I, I struggle to say silky and then talk about Snoop. It was hard. Uh, but uh, moist, moist. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it. That's what I was looking for. Um, but no, nah, he just he just had like you know such a sm- and I saw a documentary where Dre was like. I had Snoop go in several times till we found the right tone for his voice because wow. they wanted it to be singy. They wanted it to be um, a little more rhythmical because they wanted they knew it would be catchier, and it was. It was phenomenal. That's cool. Well, Dre's definitely really a genius cool. at the production, and yeah, not, and that doesn't mean just making the beats. People assume, but the the way right. he leads people through and sees talent and what to bring out in people that's exactly. been proven over and over and over again. So, exactly. do you do you well, work with producers and stuff like that that coach you up on how to come across? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's um there's a couple guys that I trust. So when I get done doing a song, I'll always either get them to listen to it. Or I'll get them to get in the booth, get in the uh, studio with me while I'm in the booth, and they'll kind of give me some coaching and go here, there with me. And and a lot of it too is, you've done it so long, you know what feels good, um, and people kind of go, "Yep, that's it, keep doing that." But 
they're there right now because I've done it so long. They're in the room to say, hey, hey, um, do something different. That's old. You've done that. And, and oh, kind of push me, kind of push me more. So, yeah. So, so Dr. are you going to still be in Australia for Easterfest? Um, I'm trying to be. I believe so. I'm trying to be. Well, if so, man, I'll, yeah. let us buy you some wings or something. It'd be cool to hang out. Yeah, oh, we're, we're going to be there, too, for sure. I'm down, man. I'd love to. Hey, so um, uh, outside of uh, Below Paradise, uh, what else is going on just for our listeners to know? Any tours coming up? Or yeah. Let's, let's officially project. explain that. What you have? Let's ex- let's go right for and uh, you know take a second talk about your new album. It's an EP. I'm working on an EP now. That's right. Um, I don't have a, a title or anything yet, but for me, it'll be a. Honestly, man, I I kind of want to go further in with with from an honest perspective and 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 give people the real. Like, man, this is where I am. This is what I think. Uh, this is how I feel after the fact, and 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 not really try to dodge and go to the happy. Hey, all's well now because it's been because it's later. It's a year and a half later. Everything's great, yeah. and yeah. just kind of be more honest about where I am, um, like I did before. Working on that. Hopefully, that'll be done and out um, first quarter next year. Um, and and really wanting to even start working on an album from there. That's so. great. And well, Joe, thanks, say, well, say the name of the album that's out now. What's that? Uh, what's below that? Below, below Paradise. Paradise is out now, and you have a new EP coming out. And like Joey's asking, what about tour dates? Where are you going to be? So I'm currently doing um, some touring that's about to be in, about to be over. I, I'm next year starting in, in February. I'm doing something called the Rock and Worship Roadshow, and uh, pe- people just kind of call it the Roadshow. But I'll be doing that, and that's a two month tour where we're, we're on buses hitting city to city. Man, we'll be right. Who else? Hey, is on how, that? how Tadashi? How's your wife hanging in there? Oh man, appreciate you asking that, man. She's doing well, man. She's she's a a very strong strong woman, and. Um, as far as her faith goes and, and then where she's weak, man, we just, we landed at a, a really dope spot, a dope church and people really love us. So, yeah. Yeah. um, we, we've not once felt it. Well, I'll say it this way. Cause even in those hard moments, you do feel alone, even though you might have people near, um, but they fought to be visible even, even when you feel yeah. alone. So, yeah. man, I, ha- I haven't, um, I haven't seen people, um, this, loving in, in my life i think so it's that's amazing. a cool well, way to I, put I it i've not heard that before you said they you you feel alone so you're feeling alone and and that's that's a thing a personal thing that you go through regardless of how many people are in your proximity but exactly. you you illustrated exactly. that they other people fought to be what did you say for they, they fought, to, fought be visible, to be visible even if we felt so right, so right. to be with somebody who is feeling lonely to simply be physically present is does not help with that. They have to fight to be visible, make them not feel alone. What ways do people fight to be visible? What what's an example of that? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, whether it's, you know, what I went through with losing a, a child or you lose a parent or maybe somebody's, you know, feeling depressed or, you know, having suicidal thoughts or whatever, um the moment you start to feel alone, um somehow that gets reinforced, whether your insecurities do it um, or, or something that you believe that's not true. Something happens that reinforces it. And then those people who are in your life are persistent enough, vocal enough, and um, honestly serving or giving enough um, to make their presence felt and, and visible um, through the way that they communicate, how they love. So I have one one brother, he came to me and, um, and he hugged me and... Um, I, I kind of started to try to pull away and, and he was like, look, it's, it's weird to hug people for a long time. So I'm not going to hug you anymore. 
but I'm just going to sit here. And if you want to talk, you can talk. If you don't want to talk, you don't have to talk. And if you, if I make you feel uncomfortable where you want to cry or you want to be mad, uh, I'll leave the room, but I'm, I, I want you to know I'm never leaving. And, um, and man, that felt great yeah. because yeah. it's hard to be yourself in your own skin, but when other people are around, you tend to want to, want to, you know, put up a front or, or at least in some way cater to them in, in, in moments of emotion. But man, to have those people be that honest and that real, um, then I could scream, I could yell, I could swing at the air, I could sit and cry, or I could just sit in silence and not have to feel obligated to come up with a word or a sentence. For so them, for them you know, to so. acknowledge the awkwardness and discomfort is helpful. Very much so. Very, very much so. Very because for, for for some people, like like for me initially, I didn't even know I was I didn't even know I was being awkward. I thought I was being normal because I was wanting to be normal. I was trying ah, to be as normal as I could be. Um, and so for them to go, hey, at some moment this might get awkward that I'm sitting on the couch so close, or that I'm sitting in this chair looking at you. And and if I'm frustrating you or or I piss you off, then by all means leave. So the guy that's in profound if, grief if that's fr- acting normal, that is awkward. Yes, very much so, man. I like the way I, like my wife and I, we talk about it. The way I explain it is, it's like I lost a limb, um, and for the guy who doesn't have legs anymore to to try to act like um, is is very very um, out of the norm. And so I had to come to grips with that on my own terms. It wasn't like they could force that, but what I needed was somebody who could recognize that, not try to make me get over it, but sit there with me in it. And in the moments where I tried to do something that I couldn't do, um, they could step in and do it for me. And in the moments where I felt frustrated because I wanted to be the one to do it, um, they could give me a a way to still be active, but also a dose of reality. Like, Hey bro, you don't have legs. Stop trying to get up. All right. So, you know, and those, those are the moments later that I came to appreciate in the moment. That's really good stuff. That's helpful. I think to, to, to our listeners. Well, as cliche as it sounds, man, like, mad respect and thank you so much for just being real i mean and not and not not selling out to what people would be more comfortable with man because it's it's so much more helpful and uh a lot of people uh you know we're we're always encouraging people not to look up to us but i do think there's a time and place to see human examples and i think you're you're a big one at least for me personally just to like hear hear what you're going through and hear that you don't have all the answers and yet you're still following Jesus. I mean, that's, that's, that's big, man. So thank you so much. I I hope that we do get to run into you in Australia, man. That'd be really awesome. Man, I would love to. Where are y'all located? Uh, Me and Toby are in Charleston and then Matt, Matt's in Seattle. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. I'll try to figure out what I'm in Seattle often. My, my, pa, I'm, I'm mixed. My, uh, my mom is, is black and my dad's Samoan and they all live in Seattle. Oh, gotcha. oh nice. Yeah, man. My dad, well, actually lives in Kent and then I have family in Auburn, um, SeaTac all over. Oh, that's so cool. right on. How also, long are you going to be in, in rap? How long are you going to do this for? Man, honestly, I'll do it till they don't write. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the hope, man. I, I, I honestly want to want to do it as, as much as I can because I it's a genuine love and and I I genuinely enjoy it. I think there's I think I think because of technology or the the open door to music, people have kind of oversaturated it and just kind of do it because it's a quick check or because it's a quick win to feel some sort of you know fame or whatever i i genuinely love this like this is what i do well that's apparent so, in the way you talk awesome. about it and you're such a well-spoken thoughtful smart guy we appreciate your time we hope you have a good time you, doing man. your other interviews today we hope they don't suck yeah <laughs> no nah, man i appreciate it. hey and 
I, this, this, honestly, this was a dope interview. So I wouldn't be mad if you had a serial question. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what? The thing I learned is you do not say that Snoop is silky. That, you, know what that remind, you know what that reminded me of is when Cedric goes, I ain't going to call a dude delicious. Exactly. I, I blew it. I, 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 I call no dude delicious. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, y'all, fellas, right. man. God you bless too. y'all. You too. Right. You too. Well, I'm going to have to give it to you guys. Interview skills definitely improving. Joe, you may have mentioned Lecrae a few too many times, and we did talk <laughs> about the did we, we did kind of bring up the his son passing a little bit early in the interview for I think some people's comfort. But other overall, yeah. I thought we all did a good job. You're welcome, bad Christian listeners. We're getting better at this. Well, hey, here, uh, well hold on. Don't you think too though? A little bit. I, I think we are getting better. We're and I think that's why the Lord has not allowed us to be the biggest podcast on earth. Which <laughs> yes. eventually, <laughs> yet. But I do think too. Like I mean, Tadashi was just so easy to talk to. I mean, he's a great guest to have. I mean, he yeah. just everything. He just had such great answers, and I mean, it made it really easy to go back and yeah, yeah. I mean, he was completely relaxed. Yeah. So I thought that was really. Now easy. on second thought, funny. I give you, all the credit to Joey. Here's. <laughs> Here's what's funny is you mentioned Lecrae uh, Tadashi on his Twitter account. He tweeted a picture, the the typical picture of Charlie. No, 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 I'm sorry, Willy Wonka. You know, the meme Willy Wonka. And yep. it says, so big into Christian rap. And then at the bottom it says, name one Christian rapper besides Lecrae. <laughs> true like i don't i'm at like okay I, that's what i'm saying i was kind of making fun of you earlier but there's christian rappers i know are kj52 <laughs> i know grits because i saw I them at a a uh uh concert you used I, to listen to younger. gospel gangsters with me yeah but only because you showed me that i would right. n- i would never have known the gospel gangsters if it wasn't for you yeah um and then i'm trying to think who else now i know tadashi lecrae i didn't really know yeah, honestly yeah. and probably to joey's defense i think i've heard the name tadashi more than the name lecrae from you Huh. I think that sounds crazy, but that seems right because maybe just his name stands out more. Yeah, but uh, I just don't know. I don't know that much rap, and I don't. I really enjoy rap, but I, in a sense of if it's on, I'll, I'll give it a listen. But I don't go searching for rap at all. Yeah. Well, uh, once again, great interview. Really happy. I do want to tell y'all something. I am extremely struggling. So I. Some of you, I've told, talked about this, how my phone is just so jacked and it's typing like emails and bad words to people and all stuff. <laughs> so I'm literally missing giant chunks of glass out of my phone. And now my charger, Joey, can you see it? It's like, yeah, I was so watching jacked. you. There's like four or five cord, like little <laughs> tiny uh, green and red and all this hanging out of it. It's everything is just jacked. It's terrible. And I'm just trying to wait to get that iPhone 6 Plus. That's what I want, that iPhone 6 Plus. <laughs> and I love it. I really want to have it, but I don't want to spend any more money on this phone. It's kind of like... How much know, song do you have on that? I think one more month. So my <laughs> question is... peasant phone for one more month. I, I, I've been sitting here... <laughs> During the entire uh, interview, I'm I'm listening and enjoying, but I'm just looking at my phone because my charger won't work unless it's exactly bent the right way. So I'm just trying to get, and my phone's about to die, and I need it for, uh, in the next hour. So I'm really questioning: Do I go and buy a new phone charger? And it sucks because I don't want it'll be fifteen or twenty dollars. That I'll go to one of those cheap, you know places like Marshall's or I think if I were in your shoes for a month I'd have to but if I keep wiggling it it'll charge Toby there's literally no almost nobody in the world that wouldn't say you need to buy a new phone charger 
It's not my even dad, a question. It's my dad. You and your dad are the only two people. Who <laughs> my wife, you dad, thing, though, your dad, your wife, and you are the only three people. No, and Joey. <laughs> and Joey. No, Here's Joey would is, go buy a new phone charger. I, I've, I've gone to bed before with the same sort of situation, and I've gotten it in the perfect little spot to where it's charging, but then I woke up, and obviously hours ago yeah. it had stopped charging it, yeah. and then I had like 20% well, had to go. Well, then you so. just stepped on my joke there. Appreciate it. What was the joke? I was, you know, Joey's correcting me a little bit there. I wasn't correcting you. No, I'm just saying that we had a good laugh going that those are the only three people, and now you oh, yeah. stopped that. Now you ruined and it. corrected yeah. that that wasn't a true thing because you actually have done that before. Thank you for the clarification. Oh, now, yeah, you, you've actually really pissed off me. No, I'm just, I'm just, no, man, 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 man. Hold on. Whoa, 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 dude. You don't get that much emotion unless I want to see, I want to, <laughs> I, I get float, that emotion. I, I want to. I want to float here. So you're, <laughs> the only emotion that you experience is anger and disgust. No, 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 no. no. Joey is your that. emotional soulmate. He makes you have emotion. <laughs> For the record, when I, I, I say don't I don't know, have Matt, emotion. Matt actually said Toby and Chad Garner are the two people that pushes buttons some of the worst and Bridget. Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is the emotion that I do have very often is irritation. I get If that's an emotion, I get that one. I don't get angry like mad or lose my temper, but I get super irritated. So if that's an emotion, that's one that I do have. But here's the thing. Though, oh, sorry, I'm not listening. I'm just playing with my phone cord. Sorry. I didn't debunk your point. Your point was that only three, only two people would buy it, and I said, "Yeah, Joey too." And then I explained why I would. So I didn't expel your joke at all. No, but you did ruin the joke because he's saying there's only three people in the world would be my family yeah, that would I, care. I was going. And, that's you, okay. You, and then you you're doing it. it again now. Yeah. Now you're actually explaining yeah. how <laughs> we're making fun of you even now, and you're actually explaining how yes, you you're didn't still clarifying do, so in you're a still way that results in less humor. So me and Toby are saving it again. Basically, all you do is sabotage every it. joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, you sa- hey, fairness. every hold on, right here, every joke you sabotage. <laughs> Let's see if it does it right now. <laughs> Actually, I don't. There's one joke that I didn't sabotage Thank last you. week when you guys. Thank you, Toby. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. I'm glad you're on my side on that, but. In fairness, the only thing I will say is since we use a lot of jokes at Joey's expense, it some of it is just pure defensiveness. And, you know, so I understand that you naturally need to be defensive about stuff. But very good. See, I think that's actually even kind of uh, deceptive there <laughs> okay. as far as me being defensive because part of the defensiveness is for the podcast. A lot of times you down Shutting and I down care. jokes with clarifications is not for the podcast. Well, I don't, I don't care. I'm trying to carry on the conversation instead of have dead silence. There's no problem with dead silence. It's not a problem we have. Okay. Your ass don't get it. All Your right. Your ass don't get it. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you, y'all are doing a good let – me, let me pad this. Y'all are still doing a really good job with the podcast. We're getting better at it. I think y'all are doing a good job, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate nothing, nothing more than the news with Toby. You like the news with Toby more than science with Matt? I I I like the news with Toby way more than science with Matt. <laughs> Good evening, folks. My name is Toby Morell. This is News with Toby, and I'm just gonna shoot you straight. I'm gonna shoot it. I'm gonna shoot the shit straight. All right. This is your damn news. This is the damn news. All right. Uh, so I'm going to give you a uh, choose-your-own-adventure at the Ooh, beginning here I love today. Because, well, I was stumbled upon a piece of news, and at the very end of the news, it led to another news about the same person. So I'm going to give you the titles and see choose. if you want me to read one or the other or both. Okay? You ready? Can yep. I pick since I'm the... Yes. If you will stop picking your butt. <laughs> so um, 
<laughs> it's funny because it's true. Don't refute it if you're going to try and ruin the joke. Don't ruin the my joke. My hands are on my microphone right See, now. He has to explain it. He also, has to explain quit it. putting your hands on the microphone so much. After picking your butt. Um, so, 43-year-old tells cops she's 22 and has age acceleration disease. <laughs> or, the same lady, Jennifer Crosby, suspected of hiding crack cocaine in her vagina. Which one do you want to hear? <laughs> we only get one. The first one. All right, Joey, you get to choose. I want to hear the first one. So you do not, in fact, you do not want to hear about Jennifer Crosby suspected of hiding crack in her vagina. Isn't no, that one pretty self-explanatory? About... The second one, I mean, let's yeah. hear the first one. Well, I mean, crack in her vagina. <laughs> well, that, like I said, pretty self-explanatory. Let's hear the first one. I mean, y'all are kind of letting me down here, guys. I just, I mean, Seems okay. Seems like you were sold on one of the stories. This isn't a true choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, you got to let us choose. <sighs> you guys can be jerks, man. I mean, okay. Yeah. Uh, this comes from the Huffington Post. A Florida woman was arrested Saturday after trying to pass herself off as her daughter, who was two decades younger. Jennifer Crosby, 43, allegedly told a deputy at a traffic stop in Indian River County that she was only 22 and has a medical condi- condition that makes her age faster. According to an arrest report obtained by the smoking gun, Crosby was pulled over for inoperable taillights, and when Deputy Colby Smith asked for her license, she said she had forgotten it. Crosby then allegedly gave Smith the wrong name and a 1992 birth date. Smith wrote that when he appeared skeptical of her birth date, Crosby made outlandish claim that she had accelerated aging <laughs> to get out of it. Now, that sounds like, honestly, I kind of want to give her credit because that sounds a little bit like something I would try. And I think it's because family members that I have could say things like that. I have family members that I know would try that. Like, why yeah. not? If you know you're busted... Why not go wild? Like I think sometimes wait, wait. I think the- she was only busted for a traffic light. No need to go wild. Well, she was I mean, only busted for a tail light out. Why would you go wild? Well, that leads to the next story of that she was suspected of one time of hiding crack cocaine in her vagina. <laughs> okay, so let me understand this correctly. She gave a false name, but why would the false name given? Why would that need have needed to be her daughter instead of just you know Jane Rochester? Why wouldn't she well, have made up a name? I, d- I don't know. Uh, well, she said, yeah, you're right, because she did say she had forgotten her her ID and stuff like that. But I think she just maybe she – I believe in that moment she thought, well, maybe I could have my – if I say this is my daughter, I could have her come later or I Wait could show minute. up. Or, I know the answer. I, what's the answer, She's Matt? obviously, as you identified, a calculated and experienced liar and knows how to go for it, right? So yep. what she must have figured is – if I go with something that I know, like my daughter, then it'll be believable and I'll be good at in the lie. Because you know the best lie is just a very slight one or, or something right. something you're really familiar with. So if you tried to make up a whole new person or story, you're, you're going to be inconsistent. But if you just assume the identity of her daughter, she could probably nail that one all the way through. I bet that's why yeah. she did it. You're exactly right. Case closed. So, All right. I won't, I won't read the other story. That's the one that y'all chose okay well that leads us to which next story because the 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 next story should depend on which story we picked first okay um (laughs) this next story is (laughs) obviously not the case in this choose your own adventure this 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 next story is about senifer josby it's a different person who actually (laughs) tried to hide marijuana in her (laughs) vagina all right forget it you guys, you chose your own adventure, and you lost out. Is that what you want to hear? All right, I have one more story. Maybe this one will cheer you guys up a little bit more. British pop star 
Katie Malua or Malu finds spider living in her ear. Oh, how cheerful! I I know that would freak you out, man, a little bit. Uh, This comes from the Huffington Post as well. On October 27th, after hearing a rustling sound in her ear for about a week, the British pop singer went to the doctor to have it checked out. When they looked into her ear canal, that is what they found, a little tiny spider looking right back at him. (laughs) Did it say that? Looking right back at him? Uh, I kind of added that part myself. Uh, But Malua, who is 30 years old, believes that the spider crawled into her ear canal when she used some old in-ear monitors to block out sound on a flight. Oh, shit. Uh, and the spider set up residence for a full seven days. She said other than the occasional shuffling noise, she said it wasn't a really big deal at all. In the, in and the, if spiders that had money, that'd be a good way of making money, just so you can live in my Our ears. Yeah. yeah. Does that freak y'all out ever? I, I, I've, I gotten, I've gotten a little freaked out before because sometimes I'm a mouth breather at night, and I always think a, a roach or something's going to crawl in my mouth Yeah, is what I think. Happen. Why do you say that? No, it crawled in her ear. A spider crawled in her ear, Matt, no, and lived no, for a no. week. I'll tell you why it won't happen. Because if there's one thing that happens to bugs, it's they get eaten. So if they have any biological drive to do avoid anything, it'd be a breathing mouth hole. They know how to. They don't want to go in mouths. Statistically, I hear that most that's, people that's urban eat legend. A bunch what you're of about spiders in their lifetime. Urban legend. <laughs> it's an urban. It is. It is an urban legend. It is. That, spider, hey, this is coming from the person that's definitely a mouth. So a, a, a fly has never flown into your mouth or that's, a bee. Well, that a, happens all the time. No, it, it, that happens different because they don't have. I mean, that's just like they're coming pilot. at a high rate of speed or whatever. So yeah, they're just know. like, oh no, no. They would never oh, intentionally gosh. go. In, a fly or a bee would never intentionally go into your mouth if they were going to slowly crawl in there either, because they would find the breathing orifice in front of them to be the largest threat to their life and death. You give insects a lot of props, man, when it comes to instinct. like thinking through things. It's, it's not they don't know it, it's just instinct. I'm looking it up right now. It says the odds are pretty clearly stacked against you swallowing any one spider, let alone multiple ones over the year. The chance that all these things would happen together, that your mouth would be open, that there would be a spider there that it would climb all the way up on your bed or whatever. It says really uh unlikely. But however unlikely, something like this still could happen. But they just don't have any pro- solid proof that it does. Okay, so urban legend it is. Potentially an urban legend, but I think some so people... clear logical thinking prevails once again over emotionally based, biased, fear, enjoyment thinking. Once again. Whatever, dude. You probably have... <laughs> it, spiders are going to start pouring from your roof like that one news article I had that time. <laughs> I pray I pray you eat a spider tonight. I pray that God sends you that hell, Matt. Wait, you just went from you pray that he eats a spider to that he goes to hell? No, that, that he would know that hell of eating a spider. That's okay. a hell for Matt. I'm actually, I'm going to name it, claim it. Spiders enter Matt's mouth. Right now? I have faith like a mustard seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 